You're listening to Big Tent Radio here on Radio Boise, 89.9 FM, Caldwell Boise, KRBX. I'm Charlie Hunt, your host for today. Uh, I'm an assistant professor at the School of Public Service at Boise State University, as is my always excellent co-host, Jackie Kettler. How's it going, Jackie? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. And we're very lucky today to be joined uh, by Luke Malik. Uh, Luke's a former state legislator, uh, a former candidate for Congress, and most importantly, he's the co-owner of uh, Smith & Malik, a business law firm uh, founded in 2015. And we're here to talk about uh, new parental leave policy that that your firm has. Uh, Luke, first, before we get into your new policy, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background in Idaho? Yeah. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me today. Appreciate it. Yeah. So I've lived in Idaho most of my life. I moved here uh, when I was nine uh, to the northern part of the state with my folks, obviously, at the time. And we have lived in Idaho ever since. And my wife and I now uh, have this firm, Smith & Malik, and we've got offices in, um, in Boise here, and then also up north in Coeur d'Alene and Sandpoint, so. So do you split your time between different parts of the state? We do, we do. We're traveling quite a bit as, we, as we're developing the firm, so. And a lot of growth happening with the firm. We're very excited about it, and, and appreciate the opportunity to talk about some of the things that we're doing to change the law a little bit. That's great. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your firm, the, the kind of work you guys do? Yeah, so we, we are a business law firm and we, we really focus on helping businesses. Um, that includes doing litigation, but it also includes doing a lot of mergers, acquisitions, um, and, and working on land deals for them, so a lot of real estate transactions. Um, and then compliance uh, with regulations, both city and federal and state regulations and, and dealing with counties and that kind of thing, but mostly just helping businesses succeed. That's what we set out to do. So. That's great. So, you know, you, you mentioned to us that you've, uh, you know, been working on this new parental leave policy uh, for, for your firm, putting that in place at your firm, and that you're hoping that this might pave the way for other uh, businesses and organizations in the state. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about this policy change uh, that you've implemented and maybe how it differs from some, some other policies you've seen at some other businesses? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I- we're still a small firm. We have 14 attorneys, but, sure. but um, obviously still a small firm. And one of the things that we that sets us apart is that we um, have a lot of, of employees that are right around the age where kids might be uh, in the cards for them. And and we had a we had what we called a maternity leave policy when we started the firm, and it was you got six weeks unpaid, and and that was what you got. And that was fine for the industry standard, but but as we started looking at it, understanding the needs of our employees, looking at at what will make their quality of life better, um, and what we can do to um, make sure that we're retaining the talent that we are working so hard to get into the firm, um, making sure that they have time with their kids, particularly right out of the gate, and not having to worry about finances to make that happen, mm-hmm. became a real priority for us. So, so we looked at what we could do, and um, so this policy we rolled out is both for men and women, and it's 12 weeks paid um, all the way across the board. So for all employees. And you mentioned that, you know, the standard is six weeks unpaid, and that's the standard because that's the Family Medical Leave Act kind of standard, right? Uh, yeah. Um, so we actually, FMLA doesn't even apply to us as a young firm, so um, or as a small firm, I should say. Um, but yeah, that the standard is, it's actually 12 weeks, but it's unpaid is really the big deal there. I mean, going 12 weeks as a family, particularly with a new child, is, is extremely difficult, obviously. Increases the stress on top of of having to be having to be out of work and and having a new 
member of the family that's awfully demanding uh, right there with you. So. So this is going above and beyond what would be required if you even if FMLA even applied to your firm. Yeah, that's exactly right. FMLA kicks in when there's 50 employees. It doesn't apply to us, um, but but good standards of, of business practice and making sure that we're taking care of our employees is something that we want to be known for as a firm. And obviously, uh, make sure that we're really taking care of the people that are working so hard for what we're trying to do with the law. Based on sort of either your own personal experience or your experience with your the other sort of employees, attorneys at your firm, what's sort of the, t- the tangible impact to families that they can sort of expect by having these, you know, six weeks, 12 weeks, these can kind of sound like numbers kind of being thrown around, but that should make a real tangible difference, right? Especially as you're trying to sort of form your identity as a family and all yeah. of these things. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I, think, I think most people have seen how difficult it is for a new mom and a new dad to leave something that has completely changed their lives. Now their life is centering around this and then they have to go back and and go back to the slog that is work, right? Um, We don't think it's a slog at our firm, but but the reality is it's not spending time with your new new baby and and you can see that weight, that burden on on young parents' face when when they have to leave a child at home. And so we really wanted to help alleviate that burden and 12 weeks is um, probably not enough. I mean, I mean, who really ever wants to leave a, a new child alone, right? But it's definitely better than six weeks. Six weeks, I mean, you've barely begun to adjust to the fact that your life has changed. And um, there is a little bit of data, and we looked at that data in terms of the impact that it has both for mothers and for fathers and for the family unit as a whole, having that ability to not have to worry about the finances and stay home and have that time with a, with a new child. Beyond the, you know, bonding as a family unit, why is it, like, why parental leave instead of maternity leave? Why do you think it's important to include fathers in this? Yeah, no, that's an excellent question and one that we got internally as well. Um, so we, we, we're about 80% women uh, that, uh, that are um, at our firm. And um, so that we got a few skeptical looks when we said this applies to both men and women. And, and the reality is, uh, it is there's that bonding that, which you mentioned, but there's also the fact that um, you know the data we looked at anyway says that that there is an impact on on um, postpartum depression and having a, a father there and present um, uh, for the mother during that transition time. That's Huge really, life changes. That's really interesting. One thing I know that's been discussed at the university with parental leave is that it's also hopeful, or we hope that it open it normalizes taking that time off, and it makes it easier for women to also do it if if, if men are do their male colleagues are also participating in leave. So I think there's some interesting cultural elements as well that makes it important for it to be parental yeah. rather than maternity. Yeah, you know that that there's. Obviously, the physical trauma um, uh, with a and our our policy doesn't just uh, go towards uh, births; it's adoptions and um, and placements uh, it, with foster as well that 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 our policy applies to. Um, and and so, you know, one of the questions that we got from some of our employees actually was: so men aren't going through the physical trauma, but I think there's a lot that can be said for having that family unit together. To recover from the physical trauma and 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 obviously bond like we've been talking about so 
I, I have a question about, you know, I, as a newcomer to Idaho myself, uh, you know, either Luke having been in the state legislature or Jackie, I know you study it extensively. Uh, how does this kind of policy sort of compare to what we see in the in the state legislature? Do they have a particular, uh, uh, you know, parental leave policy? Uh, is there legislation around that? Uh, for, you mean for let people for the legislators it? themselves? Oh yeah, no, there's no. Um, so it's a part time job anyway for the legislators. Sure. Okay. So it's um, legislators serve. The session usually runs about um, from the beginning of January till end of March, maybe early April in some instances, and and there is no um, there's there's no benefit for parental leave, and honestly, there's not a lot of people that that would apply to. Um, so sure. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll uh, continue with our conversation around parental and family leave policy. You're listening to Big Tent Radio. Hi, this is Kiara Wilson from Boise. You're listening to Radio Boise KRBX 89.9 FM, Caldwell, Boise, community radio for Boise and beyond. Welcome back to Big Tent Radio here on Radio Boise, KRBX 89.9 FM, Caldwell, Boise. Uh, we're back with Luke Malik talking about uh, family and parental leave uh, policy, its importance in the community, uh, and it's important for businesses. So you mentioned, Luke, at the beginning, uh, you know, that this was important for staying competitive in business. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the tangible impacts for families. Could you talk to us a little bit about uh you know the interaction between these policies and the businesses that that have them and how it uh, you know how it plays into retaining talent particularly in a growing place like like the treasure valley yeah yeah well you know law is no different than a lot of different businesses where we're having to adapt to a changing market when it comes to to finding talent and um so we're looking at what the next generation of lawyers is going to be demanding out of the workplace and that's really what we've tried to design our firm from the ground up to be and and family is going to be uh, something that we believe both men and women are not going to compromise on for their jobs and and we see that as a major problem in the legal community as a whole um, because really the the legal profession has really been aimed at men you still see those statistics playing out in the Idaho bar um, and and with Idaho judges 70% of Idaho judges are men 70% of the workforce uh, when it comes to uh, lawyers is still men in the state of Idaho and the reason is is because the industry is just really not very friendly to having women in the workplace I think there's a negative impact on the economy because of that and I think we're losing a lot of good really really good talent out of the legal pool um yeah well so we i didn't flip did, that statistic on its head at our firm we've got 80 percent women and so yeah that's great i mean i did not realize it was 70 percent of, yeah. of of the legal profession in idaho is 70 percent that's that's just or men that's really high um and I, I know that there's you know increasingly equal amounts of women entering law school but they tend to just kind of drop off at each stage of the legal career but that is really like a troubling statistic it's a struggle it's a troubling statistic and it's you know it's backed by anecdote that we hear from we've heard from almost every one of our lawyers that we've hired about the experience they've had um, and how it's really incompatible to be a lawyer and be a mom so do you think um uh, so, so we've talked a little bit about sort of the, the state of Idaho. Do, are there some, you know, uh, national examples? You know, maybe companies, people have 
have heard of that you know of that are sort of trying some new things in this area? Are there are there kind of leaders we can we can point to, whether it's larger corporations outside of Idaho? That specific you know? to parental leave, you mean? Sure, specific to parental leave yeah. and, and well, sort of innovating in this area. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think um, you know, Chobani right here in Idaho, but they're obviously an international sure. company, uh, made a lot of news when they implemented a, I think it was a 12-week... Maternity policy. I can't remember that directly, but anyway, that's kind of be in the mm-hmm. six weeks um, um, paid leave for, and that's um, was for maternity leave. And so, um, you know, I think I think the standard is still very much developing for what it what the expectation is going to be for for um, mm-hmm. for what well, particularly here in the United States. I mean, you see a lot of different standards abroad where. Sure. Um, uh, but Canada, just to the north, obviously they they have a they have a much more friendly policy. Um, it's it's we're talking people won't show up almost you know right for like six months after a child is born. So and I would think sort of going back to what we were just talking about in terms of sort of new people entering the workforce. You know, in Idaho, you have sort of this this dual thing happening where you have you know as we've talked about many times on the show, a lot of people moving here, particularly to the Treasure Valley. Uh, and you have this sort of uh, millennial generation, a very large generation, you know, now growing into their uh, early and mid thirties. I say that as a millennial myself, uh, uh, you know, and having kids later, and now sort of really hitting the time when, uh, you know, there may be another baby boom of sorts. And so it seems right, like this, this is a of, of particular importance today that it it may not have been quite as much in the, in the past 10, 20 years. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and I think the, the demands are only going to be become more on industry in terms of making sure that, that there are job opportunities that are compatible with family life. Do you see differences in uh, 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 different kinds of industries? So, you know, you're, you're in the legal profession and, and we've been able to talk a little bit of, about that. Uh, uh, do we have any sort of idea of how this varies across industries, whether, you know, it's different for sort of more white collar industries like business or law as opposed to, you know, maybe service sector or other kinds of economies? Yeah, I think I think probably um, I, I don't have that data directly offhand, but sure. but but we did look at, you know, we looked at a pretty broad cross section of industries trying to figure out what what the standard is going to be moving forward because we wanted to implement a policy that was not only fair but but based in fact so um i think i think by and large you're seeing um industries that have to be competitive with with professionals like healthcare adapt i think the law is lagging Mm -hmm. behind and 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 it's just i think that is a function of the fact that you have um, a lot of firms that have been around for a long time and built into that is the bias that comes with being a company around for a long time right having having the idea of leave in a firm that's 100 years old is not necessarily something that that was baked into their culture early on. Well, I think this is this gets this leads to I think a pretty important and sometimes controversial question of, you know, your your business, your firm is taking the lead in this area and it's it's always great when local businesses take the lead in this area. Is there is there a sort of a renewed role for policy either at the state or the or the federal level to sort of take another hard look at you know, updating these laws either at the local, state, or federal level to sort of reflect these kinds of values that you've tried to demonstrate in your business. Yeah, you know, um, I've obviously served as a policymaker, um, and I can tell you as a business owner, I just don't know that that the laws. So, 
you know, if there were laws that helped us as a business mm-hmm. um, to make this more fiscally um, attainable as a, as a business, because obviously this is a huge impact to our business to sure. have somebody out for, for 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, if we were a much bigger organization, then we could spread that risk out a little bit, but, but, it's, but it is a hit. So if there were things that we could do to incentivize this, I think that would have been uh, companies that want to do the right thing will figure out a way to do the right thing, right? And those are probably going to be the companies that set the standard for what the future is. Um, um, and if the companies that choose not to adapt will be the ones that are left behind. Um, so from a policy perspective, I would like to see um, incentives that help small businesses mm-hmm. attain what the best practice is. That's going to help them be the, help them be competitive. Um, in terms of mandating, I just don't know. I mean, that would be if we were to look at a mandate when we were a smaller business, that might have prevented us from entering into the market. You know what I mean? So, so I, I'm pretty leery about those. But when it comes to making it possible for businesses to do the right thing, I think that's I think there could be a role for policy there for sure. And I do think it's really interesting. It's it's been the corporate world businesses really taking the lead on policies related to um, parental leave, maternity leave, those uh, those types of policies. So it's really interesting to see the corporate world kind of in the U.S. be the leaders mm-hmm. in this realm? Well, you know, um, we are a data-driven, we are becoming an increasingly data-driven economy, right? And as the data starts to prove that you can you can get value out of a workforce without necessarily having a butt in a seat, <laughs> um, there's, you, businesses are can't deny that data and can't deny the fact that if they figure out a way to get these this really talented next generation working for them and loyal to them that there's a lot of money to be gained from that from from a corporate side so definitely a really important challenge facing uh our state and our country in the in the coming years uh we're going to take a quick break uh, and we'll be back in just a minute with more big tent radio hi this is steve martin from steve martin and the steep canyon rangers you're listening to radio boise on krbx 89.9 fm community radio for the treasure valley Perfect. And we're back with Big Tent Radio here on Radio Boise, KRBX, 89.9 FM, Caldwell, Boise. Uh, We're back here with Luke Malik. We've been talking about uh, parental leave policy. Uh, Luke, I understand there's a uh, Leaders in Law dinner, awards gala uh, coming up tonight. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We were were very fortunate as a firm. We um, participated this year and nominated... uh, Five of our st- uh, lawyers and one of our staff for uh, recognition with the Idaho Business Review Leaders in Law, and they all got it. So we have six honorees that will be um, um, getting accolades tonight at that gala. So congratulations! Yeah, thank you. We're <laughs> very excited about it. So we've got a really great team, and I'm very proud of them. So. Well, I think it's reflective that you your firm's clearly trying to help people succeed by giving them the policy or the resources to help them do that, both in professional and in their life. So that's great. Yeah. yeah. Are you aiming to grow your firm in the future, or sort of staying? where you are right now do you have sort of uh, you know big future plans for it yeah no we um, we are continuing to grow we see a lot of we see uh, based on what we've been talking about we see a need both uh, for the type of employment that we're offering to lawyers and and uh, niche in the community in the legal community that we can fill um, and and provide a really high value service we you know we've kind of um, situated our firm differently because we have a different compensation model and have decided to structure ourselves differently than most firms um, to 
to accommodate the very thing we're talking about, um, promoting all of our attorneys and um, and and working to have our best policies in place. And it has worked out really well. So we see a lot of growth potential still. That's great. So, uh, all right. So moving away, let's talk about some fun stuff. Okay. Uh, so it's, uh, it's starting to get a little bit chillier out there. Uh, Luke, you mentioned you're uh, you like some outdoors activities? Any sort of colder weather outdoors activities you're you're looking forward to this late fall winter? Yeah, I uh, I'm a big skier and All do right. a lot in the backcountry and um, a telemark skier actually. So oh. I, I'm so. not familiar. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so um, back in its heyday, they said free the heel, free the mind. So telemark skiing is downhill skiing, but your heel's not attached. Okay. And, oh. And so wow. you're, yeah, so you're doing basically lunges down the mountain. And, oh wow, and that sounds skiing. very mind freeing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a workout. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if so, my calves could handle that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, very much looking forward to uh, hope, hoping that we have a lot of snow this year. Um, one That's of the great. things I love most about Idaho is being able to get out in the wintertime um, specifically. So. That's great. I'm from I'm I'm from New England. I've never skied in my entire life, uh, though I'm told it is something people do here. So yes. maybe I will have to learn. Maybe I can take some lessons from you, Luke. <laughs> yep, I'd, I'd be happy to help. So. <laughs> as, as a Kansan, I, I quite enjoy <laughs> snowshoeing. I am not quite the skier as of yet. But, you know, I'm interested in learning at some point. But for now, I, I'm not very ri- I'm are you pretty risk averse. Are, are you telling me there aren't some huge mountains in Kansas where you could practice? <laughs> no, no, not so much. Okay. <laughs> Great. Uh, we also got uh, the, you know, as we've been talking about on the show, we've got the mayoral runoff coming up uh, very quickly. Uh, in early December, we're going to have some uh, early voting uh, happening soon. Uh you know, yeah, Luke, when, I, when does that early voting uh, open up? Is it we, Monday? Uh, I believe it is. Uh, let's see. Early voting uh, won't be available on Thanksgiving, but in general, will be available 25th through the 29th. Okay. Uh, so that's that's coming up next week. Uh, and people can still request absentee ballots, by the way. Uh, so just know that if you are listening from afar, you can still vote. Uh, you can still vote in this runoff, uh, which is scheduled for December. Third. A pretty uh, historic election for Boise. This has yes, I would yeah. say so. Yeah, I mean, as a you know, as a former state legislator, you know, you've been involved in politics. Uh, can you talk a little bit why you know it's important to vote? Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, um, had an op-ed in, uh, up closer to where I'm from, up in the in the Sandpoint Reader, up there, just about the impact that individual voters can have in an election. And I don't think people a lot of times realize. You know, you look at all these numbers at the presidential side, and it's like millions upon millions upon millions of voters, and and then the person with the votes votes doesn't even win. So it, it can, I think, have a disenfranchising of impact mm-hmm. on on voters. But the reality is, every single vote matters at the local level, and it matters so much to the quality of life. Well, uh, even at the state level, we've had state legislative districts that is, are very close. Um, so it, you really can, like, your vote really can matter in yeah. some of these state and local races. So just to give you some perspective on scale, you know, most legislative districts in the state have about 45,000 people in them. Um, and most of these elections will come down to several hundred votes um, in, and, and really only three, three or 4,000 people voting in the elections that really matter. Um, so it's staggering. Well, and in state legislative elections, you know, we were talking before the show, a lot of policy happens at the state level, right? You know, this these votes, you know, who wins or who loses in a particular district, this can have a huge impact on policy, right? Yeah, yeah. The the impact that local government has, that state government has on our on how we actually live our lives in the state really can't be understated. It's one of the most impactful places for policy when it comes to how we live our lives as Idahoans. Mm-hmm. That's great. So if you live in Ada County, be sure to uh, to uh, 
uh, check, check it out. Yeah. Or, I mean, if you live in if you live in just Boise, yeah. yes. And there's, I think there's a runoff in Caldwell too. I'm not yeah, sure that's about true, any yeah. other. Yeah, over, but one of my around the state. One of my students said that she went to vote um, at the ele- on the election and didn't realize she lived in an unincorporated area, and so she was like, she thought she was in Boise, and oh. then she couldn't vote in the Boise election. Yeah. No, so no, she that's, was that's a bummer. Disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So make sure you don't live in an unincorporated area. Yeah. Try and incorporate. Did yourself. she get to vote on anything, or was there no election at all? Yeah. <laughs> no. no she was very disappointed. I was like, oh. I'm sorry. Yeah. That is unfortunate. <laughs> you don't well, get points for trying, unfortunately. No. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for trying anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, student. Uh, yes, all our students should vote if they if they are old enough. Uh, we should also mention, uh, so we mentioned that the Leaders in Law uh, dinners tonight. We should also mention that uh, at Clairvoyant Brewing tonight from 5 to 9, uh, we have our uh, pickup party for uh, the Radio Boise Radiothon. So if you have, if you uh, were generous enough to donate during that time, you can pick up, uh, uh, pick up your prizes. Then I will be uh, there to pick up my Radio Boise T-shirt, so I can go and represent out in the community. So I'm very excited about that. Good. <laughs> so Luke, we we had you fill out a questionnaire before coming on air, and one thing we like to ask guests is if you were doing something else, like what might be your dream career? And you said country music singer, which I'm very intrigued by. Yeah, yeah. So have you been involved in music for a long time, or is this just kind of a side hobby? You grew up in a very musical family. My brothers and I actually had a band for a while when oh, we were wow. all living in the same place. We're spread all over the all, all over the globe now, but but yeah, we we were a very musical family, and actually I was a I went into the College of Idaho over in Caldwell uh, as a a music major ended up graduating with a minor and a major in politics so that you can tell where my <laughs> priorities ended up lining out but yeah no I music is very much a part of my life I love to pick up a guitar and, and make some music so that's great we'll have to we'll have to have you back for your album well I think we agreed party. beforehand I think we when, did, I, yeah. when, I, when I have my first album comes out we'll do my debut interview on yeah you're shows. you're yeah. pre-booked you know you yeah. can play you can play a few acu- okay, a little acoustic set we'll ask you some questions yeah. about your inspirations okay, and things great, like that great. Uh, yeah we're looking forward to it uh, so, uh, so anything else? Uh, any fun plans this weekend, uh, Jackie or Luke? Anything, anything wild and crazy planned? Uh, there's a Boise State basketball game and a football game, so oh we will be busy, busy. busy with sports. Yeah, yeah, I'm just hoping it snows. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's really like, I mean, is it a little late this year for s- snow, or is, or is this about the time we should start be? Ex- to expect well, it's been kind mountains. of a weird year. I mean, there was a, uh, up well, north in Coeur d'Alene, there yeah. was snow on the in in September, so 18 right. inches in some of the hills wow. right around town. There um, didn't last very long, but so we were hopeful then that we'd get a lot of snow. But it seems to be waiting now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, I'm, I mean, being new to the area, you know, when I told when I told my folks I was going out to Idaho, they were like, "Oh, it must be like." deep freeze cold snowing all the time and turns out it's like much warmer than new england so far i didn't even get to wear my fleece over here it was warm enough i know yeah (laughs) we'll see yeah all right well uh we're gonna wrap it up here uh we want to thank our guest uh luke malik so much for talking about this important issue well thank you for having me on because it is an important issue and i appreciate the opportunity thanks for being a leader on this important policy area yeah thank you we appreciate it and we look forward to uh having you back for your album debut yeah appreciate it (laughs) all right you've been listening to big tent radio here on radio boise stay tuned